0: kick all trouble out the, door. out the door. Beat out old trouble on the drum. Beat out old trouble on the drum. Beat out old trouble on the drum and kick all trouble out the door. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum and kick all trouble out the door. Kick him out the door.
1: Welcome to Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. If you're called away, if nature calls, the bikey next door needs a cup of sugar for his meth lab. Relax, the program is podcast, you can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. Good afternoon, Mr John Agustine, if I pronounced it correctly.
2: John August, if, if.
1: Augustine.
2: Or just the
1: August. You know. August, no Steen. No Steen. Just no, John no, August.
2: Yes, John August in the August residence. You know. In the
1: August residence, yes. just August. Yeah. What happened to the Ean?
2: Well, it was actually my stepfather's name from Lithuania, which is August and Arbitus, which in, yeah. I, in Lithuanian sort of means friend of August, in other words, friend of the emperor.
1: Friend of the emperor.
2: We sort of decided to lop yeah.
1: that off uh, well, when, you, when you got to Australia. Well, it's good to know, John, that uh, you're my friend. Why is that? Well, you said friend of the emperor.
2: Yes. Okay, <laughs> very good.
1: Uh, look, we only asked two questions on this show. Yes. two questions, and you get 56 minutes to answer them. And the first question, just to orientate our listeners, uh, what year were you born? 1966, I suppose. So you're relatively young, aren't you? 66? Well, I'm young compared to people who are older than me, who I guess tend to be in positions to ask that question. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Look, I'm much older than you, and obviously I'm uh, much more bitter and, than you'll ever be. So... And the second question we ask, and you've got 54 minutes to answer this question, is look, what's the first thing you can remember about being on planet Earth? Okay, the first thing was I was in uh,
2: my parents' house in Drumoyne, Drumoyne, close to where Dunlop used to have its tyre factory. It's since uh, Drumoyne, where? Drumoyne in Sydney, right. which has become the Birkenhead Point uh, shopping centre, but there used to be a, a Dunlop rubber factory there. Yeah, yeah. And there was basically the cupboards. And, you know, I was very young and I was looking at the cupboards and I was wondering what's in those cupboards up
1: there. You're actually wondering what is in there?
2: Yeah, what's in there? And I think somebody lifted me up and I could actually see inside of the cupboards. I mean, it was uh, obviously people had made a bit of an effort, but there was paper there and on the paper were printed lanterns. Right. So, you know, that was what was in the cupboards that I couldn't see. And in a sense, that was my furli- fur- earliest memory is of being curious and finding something out. So uh, really? so in a sense, maybe that is representation of my the rest of my
1: life, really. Well, it sounds like it because, you know, you're a... Very well-known broadcaster in Sydney, but we'll talk about that later on. Um, are your parents still alive? No, they've they've all passed on. Do so. uh, you want to say anything about your father and your mother, or what type of people they were?
2: Um, well, I suppose my mother uh, obviously came over from uh, Lithuania. I think she was a Lithuanian resident, but... Uh, uh, I think, what no, not so much, was it German nationality? Something like that. But mm. anyway, when the mm. war front swept through, she was able to join up with the Germans and then at the end of the war became a displaced person and found her way to Australia. Yeah. Um, so, uh, So I suppose one of the things that happened with her was that all of the Lithuanians were... Uh, I, I guess chucking rocks at the Labor Party, and because you know you're anti-communist, so you've got to vote Liberal. But she was someone who sort of figured out her own path, and eventually didn't end up voting Liberal. So mm. that was that was that was her thing. And you know, they, my family started out religious, but sort
1: of became less religious right. over What time. was your mum's name? Ruth. Ruth and surname? Uh, Badrikas. Badrikas, right? Yeah. right. And did she say did she say much about Lithuania or life in Lithuania before she came here to you?
2: Uh, Not a great deal. Mm. Uh, To some degree, I suppose, she sort of gave up on the Soviet Union. The Iron Curtain came down and Mm. she thought, Mm. you know, well, that's it, I suppose. We've got to to get on with stuff. Um, But, you know, as far as stories from uh, my mother goes, one of the stories she did tell was of the Cuban Missile Crisis and her whole thing was that uh, she had been through war, there'd been the, the war front that had swept across, you know, she'd obviously uh, joined up with, with the Germans to sort of survive and then after a whole lot of uh, jiggery pokery finally found her way to Australia and then there 's a Cuban missile crisis, and it looks like the the Americans and Russians are going to start lobbing nukes at each other and that 's going to be the end of the world as, as we know it mm. and you know to have gone this far and survived all the the problems got to in an Australia, and life seems to be start, finally starting together and then there 's a Cuban missile crisis so yeah. And did you speak uh, Lithuanian or uh, English at home when you were young? Uh, I spoke, spoke English at home. I guess I never had much of a, a mind for languages. I mean, in my later years, I tried to learn Lithuanian, but it was quite a struggle. I did eventually end up going to Europe and Lithuania and, and maybe a, a little bit of the, the language came back to me. I suppose one of the first things I realised when you're in a foreign country, you start to understand what the words for push and pull are because you're at the door <laughs> and you need to figure out whether to push the door to open it or pull at the door well, to open it. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. And how about your father? What was he like? Uh, well, I, I guess you've got my my natural father, yes. who uh, was a sailor. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of Lithuanian parents in Scotland, mm-hmm. and so he was on, on the ships and so on. So um, you know, he was he had that whole experience, I guess. And my stepfather was also from Lithuania, and um, he actually worked as a storeman and a cab driver, a part right. time and a few other things. So, who had the
1: most influence on your life?
2: Uh Goodness me, I suppose I was inspired by my uncle. He Mm -hmm. actually became a professor of electrical engineering uh, in in universities in Perth, I think him and a bunch of his mates used to swap universities, to right. <laughs> depending on how the wind was was blowing. blowing yeah. But uh, mm. uh, I think he's at University of Western Australia. So, so,
1: so how, how did how did he have this influence on, on the family? Did he kind of take you under his
2: wing, or? Well, the problem is, I, I suppose I didn't have a lot to do with him. But uh, let let's say when I was growing up, I was what you might call the, the nerdy, bookish, bookish sort of person, mm. and really there was no one. To relate to in the extended family who, who could sort of. I guess appreciate where I was coming from, wow. but because he was uh, into science into electrical engineering, he was actually a, an academic there He was mm. one of the people the, the few people who was i guess scientifically inclined in a meaningful mm. way that was in mm. my circle so mm. uh, so in his own way he he was quite encouraging, but I know my, uh, my mother was buying me those sort of you know how and why wonder books and various other sort of things you know books about science so mm. I was very much immersed in that in my in my mm. growing growing Years. Have you got any brothers or sisters
1: or no, stepbrothers, stepsisters? Only, only child. Only child? That's right, yes. Two fathers, one mother, only child? That's correct, yes. it uh, uh, would have been interesting, wouldn't it?
2: Uh, well, uh, I can but say I obviously uh, had good relations with my cousins in uh, Wollongong mm-hmm. and so I sort of had a, a good relationship with them and that was sort of, I guess, not quite brothers and sisters but people I got along with there. And, uh, you know, in some ways it was an interesting branch of the family in Wollongong, an interesting branch of the family in Perth. Right. So, uh, but, um, yes, I, I suppose that's I, – I suppose for me it was a, a different experience mm. but one that I was used to, one that I'm yeah, – right. that, that, right.
1: that, that's sort it's of quite, how, I, how I grew up. Yeah, it's quite interesting that uh, although, you know, all your parents were a Lithuanian and I assume they spoke Lithuanian at home, yeah, that, well, that, that you actually – they spoke English to you?
2: Well, I would have to say my, I think my stepfather spoke a lot of Lithuanian. I think my mother tried to speak English. As I say, her, her feeling was, you know, that that Lithuania is behind us now. Mm. Um, but, my suspicion is that I basically watched a lot of t v when I was young and that right. the t v was in English and mm. I didn't really have a mind for languages, otherwise maybe I would have picked up some stuff from, yeah. from my parents uh, and, and did you did you go to
1: primary school locally
2: yeah well i yeah well locally went to primary school in north ride in in Sydney right, so.
1: so you took a bus or something did you no i uh I just walked to school walk? for, heaven the, forbid you walked. To school, yes, and you weren't kidnapped, and you're here talking yes, to well, me well, all these years later.
2: <laughs> well, the other thing I will also point out, and uh, you can decide for yourself how to interpret this, but for my two uh, HSC years, years eleven and twelve, mm-hmm. I actually tr- cavorted by bus to the James Roos Agricultural High School. Mm-hmm. So that was a selective high school that I. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go.
1: With. Let's go back a few steps. Let's yeah, go yeah. back a few steps. I like to keep things in chronological order. Remember, well, I have to- remember. I'm asking the question, and you're answering. Them. I have, okay. to have to say,
2: I, I have a, a memory of a sequence of events, but to put them on into exact years is going to no, be a struggle. No, no, my so memory you, isn't no, like it's that.
1: It's just, just batches of years. We yeah. kind of, you know, primary school. What was that like for you? Was it lonely, or um, did you get on with other kids? Been a bit of a nerd. Oh,
2: I, I got along with a small group of people. I guess um, they they were sort of pretty uh, uh, fickle, we might say. Mm. Um, I, I do remember one of the uh, teachers at school that I guess that was a, what would it have been, a year six at primary school. So I still resent that teacher and sort
1: of, uh, yeah. yeah. You know, well, I uh, better not mention his name or her yeah, name yeah. just in case they're still alive. Why yeah. do you resent them, but you can tell us that.
2: Oh, I, I I suppose one of the things that I resented the most at school, and I think you know, I, I did have the stage of you know, being worried about the system and generally resentful and so on. But one of the most irritating things this teacher was telling me was, John, you're not working up to your ability. Mm-hmm. And somehow in my mind, I had the idea of how hard I work is my choice. It's something from inside of me, it's not something for others to tell me. Um, he, and, was,
1: uh, he, was just try- he was just trying to tell you that you could do better, John.
2: Well, you know, that was one of the things that I, I in my, my twisted logic, I mean, you say that you're bitter and twisted, but I do remember thinking back that if I was smart enough, I would have deliberately done less well on the intelligence test, so they wouldn't have noticed me, but I wasn't that smart, right?
1: So, so when did you do this intelligence test?
2: Oh, well, this, uh, this was a thing, at least when I was going through school, and yeah. maybe you didn't have that experience. Yeah, I did but, have that experience, But... Yeah. Uh, was well, it in a, grade seven
1: that you have your intelligence test? Oh,
2: well, they they were, they were happening all through uh, primary school from memory. But, yeah. like, whether it was once a year or mm. once a quarter, mm. I don't know. But they would take you off to a room and you'd sort of, uh, mm. you know, fill in a, a form and yep, – yep. and I, I never really reflected on it very much as to why this was happening,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, but yes, obviously the teachers... Well, t- obviously t- they'd look at the form and they'd say, look, this boy's a genius, why is he um, they're not working up to, to his full capacity? I assume well, you, had a, you had a good intelligence test? Yeah, well, that's, oh, that, 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 I, 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 would you I imagine willing, it was would a would good... You, re- would you be willing to share an IQ with us or not?
2: Well, let's say I don't think I would be shy about it, but the point is that I have forgotten. Right. But I will also say that my own experience... You never
1: joined Mensa, in other words.
2: I don't believe I'm good enough to join Mensa. And right. I will say that even though I guess in some ways I, I guess I am quite smart, but there right. were a few experiences that I had. Broadly speaking, academically, I I always placed third or fourth. Right. right. You know, you, I, you I
1: didn't want to be a it didn't want to be kind of the button.
2: No, no, no. I think I was doing my best, but I still placed third or 4th Right? <laughs> All <laughs> right. All I'm trying right. to say is yeah. that yes, I was smart, and right. it was I was close enough to see the gold, but not, never, never, never good enough to, to, to yeah. get
1: you, the gold. You, you kind of got to the base camp at the top of Mount Everest, but didn't quite reach the peak.
2: That's right. And then the other thing was, look. In, in some ways, yeah, I guess it's for other people to assess whether I'm smart or not, and I'll oh yeah I, I hope i'm not overstating but yeah around around uh, <coughs> radio skid row and call yeah. the station intellectual in a good way but but yeah, yeah. but hang on there was that the, the the other thing that i was going to say that when i was at university i guess i was pretty smart and i thought i was pretty smart but then i found out that people who were not as smart as me could out talk me and then there was this, this aha experience i thought maybe those people doing arts degrees aren't wasting
1: their time after all exactly right all so right. that so, was, so obviously did you go to a high school was it a Public or private?
2: Uh, well, public public high schools in both cases, right. and and you know I have to say the Northride uh, Northride uh, North High School was quite reasonable. I can't complain too much about uh, about the quality of education there. Mm. And I and also did you have
1: did you have any trouble in the sporting field? I assume you're a, you're. A, oh
2: yes, yeah, so <laughs> d- didn't do didn't do very well at sports. Didn't relate to that at
1: all. What so do you, mean? you were the last boy picked. On the team and that type of thing, or
2: oh, I just didn't like sports. I just you didn't, didn't like th- sport. Didn't didn't relate to it at all. I just no. thought, why why are you guys wasting your time on sports a school? is a waste enough of a waste of time <laughs> anyway.
1: Why do you think school's was a waste of time?
2: Uh, well, I won't say it was a waste of time. It was just a place that I would rather not have been. I suppose is, the, the is it
1: because you felt that you could do uh, you could do other things and that you weren't challenged enough? Was, was that the problem? Um, well, obviously in,
2: in, in primary school, I had that bad experience with that particular mm. teacher and I, I, I guess I just wasn't getting along with people well enough and, uh, just found it to be a frustrating
1: experience. What do you mean people, teachers or other students? Uh, m- mostly other students. Mostly I think, yeah. other students. What, because you were nerdy or, be, and you didn't play sport, you didn't fit in, say, the North Wright high school culture or was it something else, do you think?
2: Um... Well, a bit of that, but dare I say it, a decent number of people at schools were, um, uh, you know, they were just the sort of the, the cliched ag- agro narky sort of people, you know, right, that, you, that you get right. at school. So there were, there were too many of them mm. sort of around me. Too many uh, bother boys. Yeah. So... Yeah. yeah that that was part of it but having said that I've spoken to other people who've had far worse experiences than me you know gotten beaten mm. up at school and this mm. sort of thing and mm. I never had those sorts of experiences just people being narky if you know what I mean Well, they just saw that you were soft because you didn't play sport I assume and you're an easy target Uh no,
1: just just that I was a, mm. a, a, a bit different, I suppose. That's, that's well, obviously, when you graduated from high school, you could stick your tongue out at these people because obviously they didn't graduate. So no,
2: it's a, it's, a, it's a bizarre sort of thing. Since mm. I graduated, um, you know, in in a strange sort of way, I've been one of the people who've been the most loyal about the school reunions and these sorts of well, things. you go to the
1: reunions.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I just had this feeling of the accident brought us together, but let's use that as a, so a jump, jumping-off off point, as though was, I was the last reunion you went to? Um... Oh, I don't know. That was, that was a few, I,
1: few years ago. Or?
2: OK, the last proper reunion was mm. about uh, 10 years ago. But I know there's one of our number who ended up in Canada. Mm. And when he comes back to Australia, uh, you know, a bunch of people just meet up for a few drinks at the pub. Right, That's not right. a, a full. So
1: what was it like,
2: you know, meeting these people years later? Well, I I would say there's been a selection effect in that I I think the the, the, the arseholes sort of tended not to come along to these school school reunions. So you had the more reasonable people turning up to the the reunions. But for me, uh, let's – I suppose we could say, look, socially I want to get along or I've said Mm. it's Mm. an accident of history that brought us all together. But now that's happened – let's take advantage of it let's see it as a resource let's mm. discover each other's lives and what we've been up to and 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 sort of see what's happened so that's sort of the, the mix of feelings that i have don't don't let me i suppose in some sense it's sort of like a, a feeling of both loyalty and discovery i won't say we're good mates and we should stick mm. together but mm. you know it, it ends up perhaps Do, being does the the school, same. Still, does school still exist i well at least um North Ride High School, I think, went through a few reinventions and then I think the property was actually shut Sit down. down. Right. So the school was shut down by, by the then state government, which I think right. might have actually been a Labor government from memory. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. So at the end of year 12, yes, what did you decide to do? Well, then I guess I lived at North Ryde and I did a science degree at Macquarie, which was just down the road. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I did have the grades to go to other universities, but I did at least have enough clarity of thought to think, hang on, if I go to another university, I'm basically throwing away two hours every day commuting uh, while with this, it's a healthy walk, but I could actually walk from home to the
1: university. At hang Macquarie. on, hang on, hang on. I'm a bit confused here. Yeah. You walk to school at primary school. Yeah. Did you walk to school at high school? Uh, Walked to school at high school, but
2: Uh, as I say, years 11 and 12 were at James Roos Agricultural High School and that that? that involved buses. And that was one of those depressing things where you get up when it's, in winter you get up when it's dark and you come home when it's dark. I know that about that in through CR. Uh, And and you walked to university. And I walked to university. Do you still walk? I still walk. Yes, I cycle.
1: I do bushwalking. I have even done a little bit of ice skating. But I know, uh, I know when, when uh, I met you a few months ago, it must have been, what, six months ago in St Kilda, you were a bit excited about going someplace. You were going to do some type of uh, exploration, some indigenous exploration or something. Is that correct? That's
2: correct. That mm. would have been, I yeah. guess, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, subterranean exploration, certainly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yes. All
1: right. Well, so did you graduate? From university,
2: yes, I graduated from university. So uh, with what, uh, bachelor, Well, uh, honours in science. I think it was two one, uh, and mm. sort of physics mm. was my my special. Did you decide to go on academically, or did you decide to get a job? Um, I think I was rattling around. Uh, I don't think I had a well-defined sense of the future. Uh,
1: I guess I was just, just rattling around. Mm. and That's pretty normal, you know. I was rattling around too, and I'm sure Kelly is doing all the hard work here, was rattling around too. Still, Still and she's yeah. 40.
2: <laughs> uh, okay, so it's it's hard to describe. I think I had aspirations to, to maybe go on to academia, but mm. I, I guess I got disillusioned with universities and academia and so on that the that there's the the contrast between you know, the noble ideas of research and the petty cesspit of petty (laughs) politics that that is actually the reality of academia. So, you know, there was a a certain contrast between what I thought was the joy of learning and the joy of understanding and and what was actually happening at the universities. Yeah,
1: Yeah. well, I did a doctorate of medicine through Melbourne years ago, over a quarter of a century ago, and you're quite right about the petty jealousies. Whose name goes first? Where does the pub paper get published. Oh, it just goes on and on. You did the right thing. So what did you end up doing? Uh, Let's see. For a time,
2: I was working at a small firm that made humidity chambers, and that was interesting sort of fiddling around. For for premature children? No, this is more um, testing, you know, environmental cabinets, I guess you would say. So environmental cabinets... what happened then? Uh, then I spent a little bit of time in training to become a patent attorney. Mm-hmm. Um, that, unfortunately, was a bit of a crash and burn. But, uh, you know, it's partially... Can, can I ask
1: a personal question? Yeah, yeah. Why a patent attorney? I've never met anybody who wanted to be or has been a patent attorney. Attorney, <laughs> What led you into that direction? Uh,
2: it was a fascination for ideas. Mm-hmm. And... Um, well, I suppose when I first started in patent attorney, there there's this idea that you will be exposed to all these innovative ideas mm. that that are wonderful, wonderful and amazing. And let's say, I suppose as perhaps with a lot of jobs, the reality of being a patent attorney is that you massage this sort of thing that sort of maybe a tiny improvement on what went before, but not really enough for most people to throw out what they have and get this new one. So in a sense, they weren't grand, amazing discoveries that you were – that were flowing through your desk They were more I- I- Incremental things whose worth Was debatable I guess mm-hmm. you would say mm-hmm. And then you also had you know your Trademarks and your um, your Design registrations and various other Things um, but you know I think I started off quite well Intentioned but I guess it was an office Job with the, you know the sort of that sort of mm-hmm. Environment that was one of the things that got Me down but the other sad thing was About a year into when I started They actually changed the paper Act, and if you've hung around enough lawyers, and they sort of oh oh, we need to do a section one hundred and one eight b whatever, mm. and you know they talk in this sort of high level jargon, and one of the things that you do start to realise is that. You do eventually develop that high-level jargon once you've been exposed to these things for two or three years. You do not just wander in with that level of you know, juggling of ideas, of concepts. Now, let me say, as far as the old acts was concerned, after about a year, I was starting to get that sort of fluidity. Mm. But then they changed the act, and that was about the time that my morale dropped. And so it was sort of a vicious circle, you might say. So what, you just closed the door and walked out? Uh, No, well, to be fair on the firm, I think, you know, my boss was saying, you know, it doesn't look like you're doing so well here, and I said, "Yeah, I, I get." <laughs> and I said, you say
1: the door's over there, yeah." John. And, and and I John said, "August, the door's over there.
2: Get and I, out." And I said, "Yeah, I guess you're right. Look, I'll, I'll 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 do what I can to sort of find another job." But they didn't just kick me out. They sort of they didn't they didn't they um, uh, didn't give me three notices or any. Oh uh, no, no. In retrospect, I think I did receive one written notice. <laughs> yeah, but but I suppose I do have the old maxim: "Look if." If you're in a workplace and you get one written notice, it's probably a good idea to, <laughs> to get the hell out of dodge yeah. anyway. And so, what did you uh, end up doing next? Um, then I ended up working at Cochlear, where they make their oh, bionic ear. Interesting, yeah. Right. And what
1: were you doing there?
2: I ended up working as a test engineer. And I have to say my qualification was mostly in physics, but Mm -hmm. along the way I did some stuff in electronics and computers. Mm -hmm. Now, with that sort of background, it meant that I could work on the test equipment that you used to uh, you know, check that the devices being made were of, of sort of good quality.
1: So you had to check every device? No, no, no. no. I wrote
2: the programs. You wrote the program to check n- the device? Wrote the programs and built the equipment to check, check the, the devices. The device. well, that's, and then that's pretty the,
1: sophisticated work. Yeah, well, I, I guess so. And then then the I don't guess so. That is very sophisticated work because, you know, you've got people's live uh, lives...
2: Okay, I will say that this one one of the things is first off, you don't want anything to fail. Of course, that's that's the case, and mm. and I, I do look back and say, look, you know, we did some good work at Cochlear, and and of course, I'm not going to do it and say anything legally dodgy, but I think I can say with my hand on my heart, you know, w- we did some good work there. We made some good stuff, but the stuff that I was working on was stuff that sat external to the person mm. and it interpreted the sound and then gave the commands to the implant. Mm. So obviously, the implanted gadgets they were even more intense you know what what we did was still covered by medical regulations and that was pretty intense but the stuff that was actually made to be implanted was even more intense than what i was doing and that was a different department that did the uh, how,
1: how far down the development phase did you you come in
2: um well there were there were two things that were developed during my time there One was called Spectra, which was the next generation up of the speech processor that we were working on. Mm. And I guess I was aware of the design of that, and uh, I was involved in the test equipment for that. And then the next one past that was the System Seven, and I was also involved in in making some of the test equipment for that. Mm. So in a sense, even while things were being designed, you know, we were also had to have our hands in the, the design of the test equipment. Mm. So uh, so that was some stuff that I did there. But so
1: what they did. Boredom come in after a while, and you left or. I suppose that the firm was sort of
2: growing and it it basically too many people changed and Mm. I guess the feeling of camaraderie that was there when I first joined uh, sort of seemed to fade away. So in a sense you might say the firm I left was not the firm I joined.
1: you joined a business and you left a corporation basically. Perhaps.
2: But as Mm. I say, when I first joined it really was um, Mm. a very uplifting experience uh, Mm. because on a day-to-day basis I was working on stuff and my work was appreciated in a quite substantial way, uh, and, and yeah, I, I mean, when I first joined that firm, my gosh, it was just so uplifting, and, and mm-hmm. it was it, it was a jo- work that was really stimulating, and, and so on. But yeah, what, what 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 were one one or two of the. Um, uh, the sort of the the, the, the the side aspects there I remember there was a, a time When I went to a meeting And um, they were saying Oh how long do you reckon You'll you'll take to make the test equipment on this And I said oh I don't know Probably two, two and a half years You didn't do a Michelangelo so no, no. <laughs> It'll be well, ready
1: when it's ready <laughs> Yeah I should have said It'll be ready when
2: it's ready But I think they managed to browbeat me down To like half a year And oh yeah maybe uh, half a year yeah. But in some ways um, Not I mean Cochlear gave me some opportunities there, mm. but in some ways I think firms do have a habit of taking advantage of, of wet-behind-the-ears passionate people oh, who, who, who don't know the ropes yet and yeah. are willing to take on semi-impossible well, tasks. Well, yeah, that's right? all right. um, so how many
1: years did you spend there?
2: Ah, oh, probably about, about five all told, I suspect. Yeah. So so that, that was one of the things. And then looking back, I mean, it was probably about two, two and a half years later, we'd finally got the thing going and we finally got the test equipment going. And I looked back and I thought, anyone with an ounce of sense would have had rocks in their head to think that this could have been done in half a year, yeah. you know, yeah. and that was right. what I was thinking looking back.
1: Well, you had the figures uh, people talk, talking to the people who were actually making the product. Yeah.
2: Yes, as, as, as I say, I, yeah. I will do, a, do an about-face and say, look, it was a good quality product we came up with, yeah. and uh, I'm sure it still made the firm money even though it took you know, yeah. <laughs> two and a half years.
1: I'm sure you yeah. weren't being paid millions and, of dollars and, a year. So.
2: And then there's another thing, and I, I think I'll say this and hopefully get away with it. You you might think that cochlear was about making uh, implants for for, for children that mm. they could uh, and, and making the world a wonderful and better place because yep. people were able to hear and look I will engage with the ideas that the deaf community has that you know it's it's a, a cultural identity thing mm. okay there are people who are going to think that but the way that the implants happened was that they'd write letters to doctor surgeons saying do you know that if you sign the box you can be the first person in your area to do a cochlear implant and will provide all these services and all this sort of no. thing so the reality I got, was I never
1: got one of those letters. It was only I,
2: New South Wales doctors, wasn't well, it? Well, I, I, thought, I thought in the medical profession you are mobbed by representatives of drug companies who well, give it's you up freebies. To you. No, no, no. It's up to you. Freebies, you
1: know? It's up to you. You can either say you do a, a blanket like you say I don't want to speak to anybody, end of story mm-hmm. or you get on the gravy train. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. And the gravy train is a bit more sophisticated these days. It's conferences, overseas mm-hmm. conferences, that type of stuff. Oh, it's yeah. no longer pens with the a drug company's name on them they, They've moved forward But you know Some doctors do a, a blanket ban Some see some yeah. reps And some see everybody well,
2: well, well all I say The sting in the tail Of the whole mm. thing was As I say I'm, I'm looking back Saying good quality product You know Changing people's lives but the way that the firm got the foot in the door was by pre- appealing to people's egos. Well, obviously. Yeah.
1: Look, it's uh, halfway through the program. This is Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. We're speaking to Mr. – is it Doctor or Mr.? Mr. John um, August, yes. Uh, Mr. John August, not Augustine. Mr. John August. Yeah. I, thought, I thought I was going to interview Augustine Monk for a minute, but you know? Maybe if there's one out there, I'd like to interview Augustine Monk one day. I did know one, but he's dead now. No, this is 3CR, and the program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. Now, I know you through radio from yes, Sydney. That's right, yes. Yeah, what first got you involved in radio? Uh,
2: goes back a while to science fiction. and uh, Science fiction. Yeah. Now, if you yeah, want to, you're... if you want to ask me why I was interested in science, no, no, fiction, I'm going to
1: say, I'm going to say, obviously, a nerd would be interested in science fiction. Okay. Not why? I know you're a
2: or, nerd. All right. So we can take my interest in science fiction as a given. Okay. All right. <laughs> fair enough. I don't don't have to explain that. No. Okay. So being involved in science fiction, um, you might say one of the first things of, like, getting out of my shell was to actually look up groups that were also involved in science fiction. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. You're not one of these reenactment
1: people, you know, get dressed up and all this stuff.
2: I was dabbling with that a little bit. <laughs> you were dabbling with that? Well, this is more more what you might call live-action role-playing rather than uh,
1: getting live, into... Live... Pop- come on. I've got a very, very simple audience here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're all simple. Kelly's simple, I'm simple, the audience, yeah. simple, you're not. Live-action Role play What yes. is that?
2: Okay You don't necessarily have to get into a costume mm. But I guess the metaphor is It's like you've got actors on a stage Except there's no audience <laughs> Except there's like 30 or 40 actors On a stage with no audience. Well, a a stage is the metaphor. It might well be a hall or something like that.
1: So it's physical. It's not virtual.
2: It's it's physical, not virtual. So you have a script of like you are this person. Uh These are the things you want to achieve. Uh And you go and talk to other people and pretend that you're this person trying to achieve these things. So uh, I I, I can only say it's uh, quite an enjoyable thing to do. Who writes
1: the scripts? Do you write the
2: script? Well, it depends on what you mean by write the script. Do you actually read from a book? No, no. You make up your own dialogue. You make up, yeah, you but, up your own dialogue. But you're given your goals and you're given your list of skills that you might have. Yeah. But you make up the words that you and say. Is there any Shakespeareans saying for us? Not quite. <laughs> Not no. quite. Nothing. Nothing. No, nothing. I, 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 have lots of uh, lots of cute quotes that I, I have, but yeah. it's hard for me to just yeah. rattle them off. I'm, I'm reminded yeah. in given these situations these aren't just
1: kids; these are grown men and women. That's correct. mainly men, I assume.
2: A few women. A yeah. few women. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, the thing about <laughs> about science fiction is okay. Science fiction had a lot of men, but this particular subgenre had a lot more women. Subgenre. What was mm. the subgenre?
1: Let's give us the secrets. Come on.
2: Well, I suppose I can only say call uh, role playing a, a, a genre and and sort of uh, live action role playing a subgenre. You know, basically the thing yeah, where you're actually wandering around like you're in a play. play. All right. Okay. So well, so go. that that's that one. And I mean, there are people who do medieval reenactments. which is a, Which is its own thing. I Two think months
1: that, ago, I actually went. I think it was mm-hmm. all the way past Warrigal for medieval reenactment, mm-hmm. and I was amazed at the role. They went to get the costume and yeah, what yeah. they were doing, and it was just amazing. Yeah, well, that's that's and an I actual... thought, what a waste of life. But that was just my opinion, you know. So oh, gosh, you
2: know. Well, I would have thought, you know, well, it, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, what, what, whatever hobby or interest you have, good good. Or, no, good, good. You. good, good on good, you, it was good on yeah. you. Yeah, know. but but anyway, so so I'm involved in science fiction. I go along to some of these science fiction groups, and there are a few things where I did actually reach out, and I think it was a very healthy thing for me to do mm. that. Mm. And one of the groups that I reached out to. The Sydney Futurians Now in that The Sydney who? The Sydney Futurians Right That was a science fiction group And one of the people in that Ian Wolfe He was involved in either The Discovery or the Diffusion Science program Hanging off um, Radio 2SER in Sydney So what's 2SER? Um, that's the station that is hanging off the University of Technology, Sydney. Right. So there's some overlap between University of Technology and Macquarie University, but I'm less clear on the, the link to Macquarie University. But basically that's an educational uh, sort of radio station that's hanging and, off the, And how
1: long ago was this, that you, this first first encounter?
2: Probably 15 years ago. 15 I was years saying. ago. Yes. And so,
1: I mean, so, you're, you're quite a reserved person. I wouldn't call you the life of the party. And it's not a criticism. That's the yeah, type yeah. of person you were, so... You need to be a little bit of a bit of a megalomaniac to go onto radio. Um,
2: well, okay. There's a few threads to the story. <laughs> I will say uh, uh, say a few things there now. Uh, okay, so so Ian Wolfe was involved in the Diffusion Science program. I thought, well, I'm interested in science, so it wasn't so much that I wanted to be uh, mouth off and sort of be behind a mic. It's just the thought. Well, hang on, this is a nice way of relating to my interest in science. Mm-hmm. So I did get involved with that show. And then along the way, I, I guess I started to become a commentator on one of the uh, uh, one of the morning shows. I was sort of a bit of a history, science, philosophy, uh, politics sort of everything sort of commentator someone so they were, dragged you into
1: a breakfast show, basically, which nobody else wanted to no, do. It. No,
2: no, was, it was other people who were hosting the breakfast show and I yeah. was one one of the... the, You're the, the guests. The, uh, I was yeah, one of yeah. the Yeah, well, one, that's
1: our problem here at 3CR, you know. You drag them in, they're fresh, they're young, and you drag them into the breakfast show. Yeah,
2: so uh, so let's see. So there was that happening mm-hmm. um, and uh, so that went on for a while. But the other thing I'll also say is that while well, you might say uh, maybe I'm not the life of the party But I have had a, a certain frustration With things that are wrong in the world Politically wrong or whatever And there's this sort of that? thing how, that comes into me And wants to get out How long so. have you
1: had that for? Since you looked at that bare
2: cupboard? No, well, I, I think I, I'd vaguely describe it as probably 15 or 20 years As I started to think about What people were saying in the way of Australian political debate mm. And I thought, well, no, that's wrong And then I'm thinking, not only is that wrong how on earth can you say that? That's totally stupid that you would say that, oh. and and then that sort of develops into this thing of wanting to speak out about things. And I think in another life, maybe I would have just been someone who writes a letter to the local editor, letter, yeah. the, letter to the editor of the local paper every yeah. other week. But this is sort of the the route that I went on. But if you know what I mean, the yeah, more, yeah, the more yeah. quiet thing would have so just been so to write what, lots what, of. What
1: are the things that really annoyed you in, this, in these early stages when you did become political? Um, I I suppose one of the things is
2: is, is, uh, the ideal of perfection. Like, that's the way the political parties criticize each other. Mm. They say, your plan isn't perfect, therefore it's worthless. While I say, this may not be perfect, but it may still be worth doing. And just the superficial nature of people, whether it's Labor criticising, Liberal, or vice versa, mm. I found that to be annoying. Mm. Um, you know, another thing is, I, I, I suppose, a, a general degree of um, hypocrisy, I guess the nature of ownership of intellectual property and copying things, you know. Mm. I mean, maybe that's internal. Maybe it came from my time training to be a patent attorney. I don't know. <laughs> I think, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so like... um Mm. There was a, a US movie that was made and, you know, it didn't make a profit. And then they spoke to the author of the original book saying, you know, do you want to make another movie? And he said, well, why do you want to make another movie? The first one didn't make a profit. And, of course, that's called Hollywood accounting where right. the, 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 the music studios, uh, they, they resent people copying their movies. But they have no compulsions about arranging their finances so the creative people at their end of the fence – don't get their just rewards. And then they resent people who copy their movies. Yeah. And that is one example of the sort of hypocrisy that really annoys me. Mm. Um, but there's a lot of overreach in intellectual property and I don't think we have time to go into that now. No. Um, mm. But, uh, but I, I suppose I would say that the dismissive nature of argument between the two sides, that was one of the things that really annoyed me. So did
1: you get involved in any... Um
2: Social, political groups, that type of thing, over the uh, years. Ah, oh yes. Now that now that you mention it, the, the the biggest one that I've done recently would be the uh, Sydney Outdoor Lighting Improvement Society. Excuse
1: me. Yes, that's the a... Sydney Outdoor. Lightning Improvement Society.
2: That's correct. That sounds esoteric. You also have uh, uh, people in Melbourne who are hanging off the Astronomical, yes. Astronomical Society of Victoria who do the same thing. But in Sydney, I guess we have our own group. And for me, it was just this annoyance about light pollution and the fact that we can't see the night, stars at night anymore. Mm. And, uh, you know, with a southern... Ever cro- thought
1: of uh, catching a train and going out and having a look at it? I mean, I, I live outside of Melbourne and I can see the stars at night.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, I also you know, remember going going out to uh, Broken Hill. And the, one of the yeah. things to keep in mind is if you go out of the city, it's not enough just to be out of the city. You actually have to have a, a lack of mist in the in uh, the upper atmosphere. You, you haven't got an executive position in this organisation, have you? I pr- well, it's sort of half-folded, but I probably was a committee member, a I committee suspect. A committee member, right. Yeah.
1: And what were you trying to do?
2: Uh, well, r- improve the state of lighting where lights actually point downwards rather than upwards uh, puts, and right. you, you don't have those spherical lights and that sort of thing. Yeah. And this was one of did the Did anybody
1: other th- take you seriously as an organisation?
2: Well, we did have one of the professional astronomers at Sydney University who would occasionally mouth off and the media might sort right. of listen to Fair what you're saying. But this is the old thing right. of do you want to engage with the political process, the legal process, or just mouth off and hope that people pay attention to, you know, yeah. and I suppose yeah. that's a, always a decision to do and, with activism. And,
1: and what other groups you have been involved in?
2: Well, there's also the, currently the Pirate Party have actually stood the for... The Pirate a, Party. Have stood for election with the Pirate Party and In New with, South Wales? Well, it's actually a, a national party. I understand, but where did you stand for election? Uh, well, the most recent election there was as a Senate candidate from New South Wales. Right. and how, pre- many, how many of you were on the Senate ticket? Two people. My, and, my, my...
1: you one or two on the ticket? I was number one on the ticket. Oh. Uh, are you on the executive of the Pirate Party?
2: I I
1: was previously the deputy president, right. yes. Can you tell us the um, philosophical and ideological background of the Pirate Party? Okay. Well, the very short
2: version is we are... Paranoid about both corporations and government Mm -hmm. The, The slightly longer version is that we're concerned about government intrusion into privacy About the right to privacy How that's being subverted To some degree being subverted by government But also being subverted by corporations um, you know, a- along the way, uh, we have the concern about uh, in- in- intellectual property, um, and uh, yeah, there's sort of a-, a grab bag of issues around that.
1: Are you kind of a sub branch of the European, or are you just totally independent? We're independent, but we maintain friendly relationships. Right. And so did you did you develop? After the European Pirate Party kind of put up candidates? I think we
2: did develop after the pro- European uh, pirate Party it was a bit before my time that it was founded yeah. and how did the um, Congress go in South Australia uh, well, that was um, quite lively I guess you might say we had, well, a- you had
1: delegates or just ordinary members could turn up at the the conference
2: uh, Basically, ordinary members can participate, and we make a point of making mm. it possible for people to uh, attend remotely and to vote remotely.
1: Vote remotely, too. That's correct. Right.
2: Now, at the Congress, I suppose you had myself and the president who were out the front, in a sense, chairing the meeting. Mm. But it, but at the Congress, you know, every member can vote Right. And normally you're voting on things that have already been put on the agenda, but mm-hmm. basically every member can vote, and even if they're remote, they can vote. They can also make comments. So mm-hmm. in that sense, uh, the pirate, the, the the there's a very strong element of internal mm-hmm. democracy within the party.
1: So you actually must have, obviously, over 500 members on the electoral roll to be a registered political party. You must yeah. have many more than that, but that's your Last...
2: Count, I think we did have more than a thousand. So more yes. than a thousand. Did yeah. you stand candidates in every uh, state? Not every state, but we uh, last election, if I remember correctly, Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria, mm-hmm. and Western Australia. So that obviously leaves out Northern Territory, South Australia, and Tasmania. Is that why you had your congress in South Australia to see if you could
1: actually bolster that particular branch?
2: To some degree, also it was their their turn as well, and we thought, why not? But, <laughs> but, 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 a, but a combination. Well, look, I won't embarrass
1: you and ask you. I mean, I've stood for Senate elections and it can be embarrassing. Mm. Um, I won't ask you how you did. But did you do any? Did you do? Better than the last time. That's the main thing.
2: Well, as, as I say, I think the last time we got about, I think it's something like last time it was 0.3% in New South Wales and this mm-hmm. time it was 0.4% in New South Wales, mm-hmm. which means effectively three or 4,000 people this time around decided to give us their, their first preference. Mm-hmm. And when you looked at, I guess, the amount of life, you might say, on Twitter, on the Facebook site, on this mm-hmm. sort of things, it was noticeably stronger
1: than previous years. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, obviously, if the mega- metadata laws and all these intrusive... Uh, so-called security legislation makes your party very relevant today. That's
2: correct. Yes, that yeah. that's, uh, I mean, go back. I don't know, ten, ten or fifteen years ago, there was a thing where the government was trying to censor the internet, and I think Danny Yee was waving around a, a Mills and Boone novel, saying this would be illegal. You know, that was a. Well, maybe that's a good thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, getting back to your radio act. Yeah, yeah. obviously you'll stick with the Pyro party for. For, you know, if you're a deputy president, you'll stick with it. Hopefully, oh well, you're not, not going to resign. I, I, I,
2: I have some um, <laughs> issues over elements of the Pirate Party policy at the moment, but we'll, we'll see. We, see we all see, have see issues have, in political parties, so, we'll normal. see how that rolls itself you're out. Not, over you're not, not going
1: to do the martyr and resign because your policy initiative doesn't get out.
2: Uh, that might happen in due course But let's say Unfortunately there is too much of a tradition Of people uh, spitting the dummy Leaving the party And saying you guys are a waste of time You've completely lost your way And that sort of thing yeah. I would like to think I will never do that I'd say the party is a wonderful party Apart from this one thing That I can no longer find myself comfortable with oh. So I, I, I hope that if I do leave It will be a case, not a case quite of acrimonious It will not be an acrimonious. Serving of
1: writs You know burning of cars None of, no, none I, of that I, I If I be if Pirates, I, you never know.
2: If, if, if I leave, I don't plan to burn bridges, but,
1: uh, yeah, I mean, it's okay. not, not impossible. Right. Now, getting back to radio, what type of radio work are you doing these days?
2: Okay, well, I have the Roving Spotlight program, which broadcasts between noon and 2 p.m. on Tuesdays in Radio Skid Row, Marrickville, um, and that's a show with general coverage you know, politics, economics, science, history, religion. Mm. Um, only thing I really leave out is arts, I suppose. But,
1: you know, a very, very broad-ranging show. And Well, considering what you said about getting an arts degree, I thought you'd have arts in it. You know, you said that. Was oh, well, re-
2: recently, I have to say, I, I've read some books on, on sociology. I've, I've been quite fascinated with that. Mm. And I suppose being... A, uh, a, a, a bit political. There was the book Mutual Aid, which was yeah, as much, uh, uh, yeah. So that was as much a, a, a work of anthropology of biological theory as it was That's a political right. work. Um, mm. From
1: uh, well, it was actually a it melded anthropology mm. with politics. I yeah. mean, obviously, Peter Point came to the viewpoint that cooperation was just as important, if not more important, than competition. In, in in the human sphere, and
2: that that's correct. And let's—I've also been involved in humanism, and which is sort of mm-hmm. like the the e- emphasis on evolution rather than creationism. But then again, you can emphasize the competitive part of evolution, or you can emphasize the cooperative part. And obviously, that's right. you know that was coming out of that that, that side of things there. Mm-hmm. So, uh,
1: so, so have you got complete editorial control of, of the program?
2: that's correct i can basically say what whatever i i like and i suppose within was, the
1: libel laws yes within the
2: libel <laughs> laws and i suppose you know hate speech laws and a few other things mm. but even some of the stuff that's been bordering on hate speech laws we, have, we do sort of touch on those topics and talk about it carefully
1: and say this is only for education and we're not endorsing them. <laughs> this than that so so how do you how do you um, split the program you've got two hours that's a that's a long program
2: well, first off, I I normally have uh, about half of it is music of Vera Shakespeare. Ah, yeah. ah, yeah.
1: ah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I feel sick.
2: Why does that make you feel sick, sir? I, I don't do
1: any. I don't do any music. Have you noticed? There's no ads. There's no commute announcements. There's well, no I, music. Well,
2: I, I I've heard you do the um, what is Anarchist Weekly News? Anicus Anicus World this week. Anicus uh, World this week, which yeah. is half an hour. Of it, one you, hour. One hour.
1: Oh, it's in, okay. One hour. Right? <laughs> right, Has sorry. it always been an hour? Always been an hour. All right, I sort of... Unless listen. it's broadcast on some radio station, they only put half an hour on. You, okay. never, know. you never know what happens to the All community right radio network. You never know.
2: Okay, well, <laughs> anyway, point, point is that I do do half music and I, I do try to give um, you know local mm-hmm. bands a bit of mm-hmm. a go, though I obviously have my own taste in music that I'm pursuing. But when I originally pitched it to the powers that be at the station, I did say it was going to be half music. Yeah, otherwise they wouldn't chew you on, I reckon. Yeah, quite possibly. Are <laughs> yeah, so, these
1: local bands, any of them gone anywhere?
2: Uh, I I think you don't have to go that far to be recognized and appreciated. I right. I, I think as far as local bands go um yeah, you know, I think I will mention one called Bunt, and I originally got to know the guitarist. And oh yeah, I, I play in a band, and then I saw them once, <laughs> and I thought, "Wow, you guys aren't too bad,", bad right? you know, yeah. And and you have this eye-opening experience that your your local bands really are worthwhile and worth seeing, and so yeah, on. Yeah. Though I have to say, you know, part of my mixed experience of life is that you know the bands who've never been played on air before, you play them, and they're just so appreciative; it's amazing. And then the bands that are established, you sort of talk about playing them on your show. Oh, they, they almost yawn, you know? Oh, yeah, so. it's like
1: yeah, 3CR, you know, you make stars and then when there's stars, they turn their back on you. That's that's the normal thing. Uh, Not all of them, but a lot of them. Now, going back, can you... So, it's every week, two every, hours. Every week, two, two hours. hours, yeah. What do you reckon the listenership is?
2: Um, well, I think on the internet, there were times when you've had like 17 people listening at once on the internet. So, right. that's, that's a bit of an indication. Right. Um, and... I would hope that there's 50 or 60 people, but to let you in on what I didn't quite develop was the fact that there was a real loopy morning show, which was um, what was that called? Workers Radio, but that had people there who were half like conspiracy theorists, ranting and raving, and um, but. The the point is, even though you might might sort of say, "Oh, that's a bit of a uh-huh. a loopy show," it had a listenership and people were phoning in. And, oh, they and always it, do that. It, they it, yeah, it, they talk to a,
1: each other. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it Chemical has, trails, nine eleven. Well, I'm going to get calls on talkback. Nick, you know, you watch tomorrow well, after this program. said they'll say, "No, no, they're not loopy."
2: Well, the, the thing is, like recently, I, I had David Icke talking about five uh, G, and I actually played the whole of that, which went for about four or five minutes. And then I started to say, "Well, I don't think this makes sense because of this, this, and this." And the only thing in in his whole five G diatribe where I thought, "Well," Maybe they are chopping down trees inappropriately or they're steamrolling planning and design laws. And that I would sympathise with because I'm cynical enough about government to believe that would happen. But that was the only thing that I was concerned about. And then there's another co-presenter who often listens in, Mr Bashful. He sort of phones
1: (laughs) up and says, that's complete bloody nonsense. So, you know, so... Sounds good. So have you got, uh, look, have you got any plans? Assume you're doing something else to earn a crust. Uh, I suppose. Well, you wouldn't get paid on Radio Skid Row. That's correct. Like yeah. Radio 3CR, it's all volunteer and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, what are you doing these days to earn a crust? Okay,
2: well, there, there have been two things. One, which was helping a guy out with his uh, computer system for, mm. in retail for selling shoes and clothes and keeping track of stock and that sort mm. of thing, and then there's another firm that does shareholder communication. So you're a co- private consultant, basically. Yeah, private consultant in computers. So. <laughs> oh, that's
1: cool. Oh, so that's, that's something that's going to go on forever. Now, getting back, have you got any plans for the future? You know, I mean, you're not a young man if you're born in you know 1966. Mm -hmm. You're no longer a young man. You're kind of wrong side of 50. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so, well, you got any plans?
2: Well, I guess to increase the prominence of potentially the Pirate Party, me as an announcer, me as a Mm -hmm. a, a, a sort of a commentator. Mm -hmm. But, you know, another one of my projects is... Industrial and Engineering Heritage Now this is another tangent that I've Mm. That I've Mm. done and at least in Sydney with the Sydney Mechanics School of Arts I actually gave a talk, you know One hour talk, slide presentation of all these Interesting things around the world and around Mm. New South Wales and Mm. so on Mm. And uh, you know that had about 300 people there and they really appreciated it And Mm. people were saying you know Are are you taking this further? I'm thinking well I do it In a sort of ad hoc sort of way but Mm. I'm actually going to put up a shingle and Do these talks in an ongoing and serious in some sort of private sort of way. I think it's
1: a good way. Have you actually been to the uh, Steam Museum down at, near Roeville here in Melbourne? Uh, I think it's on Wellington Road. It's quite interesting, you know? I think,
2: I, well, I know I've been to a steam museum around around Melbourne, and they, you know, they have the, the remnants of a tank, and I think they've taken the spindle out of a washing machine, something and, like that, yeah, and, and know, put so on it so it's pretend it's, <laughs> it's a gun, and yeah, and yeah. then yeah. they have this ridiculously huge crane that thumps. That's that. the one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think we are the, talking the about the same place. place. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I can
1: understand that you're really impressed.
2: You said you do a lot of walking. Oh, yeah, bushwalking—that's right. So in is, the city is that, is that you can, relaxing? Uh, yeah,
1: I. Why would you do it if it's not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right.
2: Uh, well, it's sort of exor- Well, you could do something for exercise because you need exercise, even though it's not relaxing, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I've had an interest in uh, uh, in in botany and plants and nature and so on, and I've had an interest in. Uh, you know, the origins of life and information theory. And, I mean, I could go on and on. But, mm, you know, mm. I, I said I started out in the hard sciences of physics and then developed mm, an interest mm. so in So you're, that, a, you're a,
1: a renaissance man,
2: an old-fashioned renaissance man. I, I, you dabble here and you dabble there. And I, I guess so. And that, that, what's the other thing I'm thinking? Oh, yes, that I started off in physics where everything's very black and white and very neat and exact. Mm, mm. And I sort of morphed into this whole thing of statistics. And once upon a time when I got, um, what are they, call it um, something back to the mean you know Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. I forget the name of it but uh, you know convergence to the mean or whatever it is and when I finally got that I thought wow this is Mm -hmm. amazing stuff so Mm -hmm. I've I've sort of Mm -hmm. you know I didn't start out in statistics Mm -hmm. but I've been quite fascinated by it because Mm -hmm. statistics feeds into social Mm -hmm. sciences which Mm -hmm. feeds into politics which feeds into policy and you know there's Mm -hmm.
1: some interesting things going on there. So you you don't have to waste your time looking after kids and things like that do you
2: that's correct I, I am fortunate I'm not I have to say I'm not paying off a house and I'm not paying off a car and I'm not raising a family well then it
1: gives you the opportunity to do what you want to do so what were you doing down at Victoria when I met you last you said you're going to go to this indigenous walk or something what was all that about Okay. Well, so that, that that caught my fancy. You know, I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. You had to ring up somebody. I remember the conversation. Okay.
2: Well, that is what's called the, the Budge Bim Aboriginal fish traps. Okay. And mm. I know you've told some stories yeah. about the yeah. Taneminowait uh, yeah. Memorial, and I have actually been along to that and Good. and um, you know, had a look at that. But putting that to one side, you have the Budge Bim Aboriginal fish traps, which have actually been recognised by Engineers Australia, and I hear some story that it's been internationally recognised. It's been.
1: A, it is now a. A heritage uh, site which is based on its uh, archaeology I that think. That would be a UNESCO site. UNESCO site, yes. UNESCO, site yeah. UNESCO site, so so it's quite, it's quite an extraordinary site yeah. Did you actually get to the, did you get yeah, there?
2: Yeah, I, I did actually get there, and, you know, we had a woman there who gave us a tour, and I did actually uh, get an interview of her on my Zoom, and I played mm. the Zoom on my radio show, and I think the woman who runs the Aboriginal show before me, she mm. sort of got hold of it, and I think she probably played it on her show as well. Um, and, mm. yeah, I do remember talking to them, and, and, and I had some appreciation through uh, Engineering Heritage Sydney that this mm. was a thing. Mm. And I can only say if I had known about the awards ceremony, I'd have been active in the scene, mm. I'm, I'm, I would have made a decent effort to get uh, get to Victoria for that award ceremony that happened a few oh. years ago oh. uh, when they sort of unveiled mm. the plaque and that sort of thing. Mm. And that's one of the things about one of these engineering heritage plaques. I think uh, engineers pay for the plaque, mm. but normally the local constituency, as it were, puts on the party, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. And, and so there was a party that, that, mm. that obviously the custodians of that location put on. And, you know, a lot of the engineers turned up to that. sad thing was that no local politicians or no, you know, people of note the, yeah, uh, sort, of, sort, sort of Disneyland. turned yeah, up. But yeah. the, no, no, the people of note were there.
1: That's my philosophy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you yes. work with what you've got and yeah. they're the people of note because we are the people we've been waiting for, yeah. nobody else. Now, just getting back to the fish, you have only got about a minute to go. Uh-uh. Have you got any advice, general advice to people how to make their life useful? Because you seem to have made your life useful,
2: I guess think a lot and talk to a lot of different people. That's, but I'd
1: I'd love to say more, but I've only got a minute. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But think a lot and talk to different people. Yeah. Look, John August. It's been a pleasure talking to you. It's been a pleasure of having you on Radical Australia. I think you're a great Australian. You're one of those great Australians which nobody seems to, uh, you know, recognise. I uh, honour you for your uh, contribution to the Pirate Party and I wish you and the Pirate Party all the best for the future if any of our friends or listeners want to join what do they do ok
2: it's uh, www.pirateparty.org.au so check out the website and I think it's pretty a very straightforward thing to actually join up. But what you can also do is hang off our Facebook site and just pay attention to what we're about because I know we make a decent number of posts to the Facebook thread and lots of people are reacting to that. Mm. So, uh, so, so that, that's a lovely thing there, much as I personally have really mixed
1: feelings about Facebook.
2: but yeah, oh well. I
1: understand. Yeah. Well, John, another great Australian he we've interviewed on Radical Australia. All the best for the future and all the best for the next 50 years. Thank you very much, Joe.
0: Tonight we're in the groove together Ain't gonna worry about stormy weather Gonna kick all trouble out the door Old trouble on drum, beat out old trouble on drum, beat out old trouble on drum, and kick old trouble out the door. Beat me that rhythm on the drum, beat me that rhythm on the drum, beat me that rhythm on the drum, and kick old trouble out the door, kick him out the door.